Hello and welcome to the Dorm Room Dispute Podcast. I'm Mitchell Kaminsky. Alongside me is Marshall Macaluso. What's up, what's up? We got nothing to talk about this week. I'm just kidding. Of course we do. It's the Dorm Room Dispute Podcast. Yes, sir. Um, Let's get right into it. First things first, I want to start with some Chicago baseball. Because the White Sox, for the first time this decade, have made the postseason. It's been 12 years, over 4,000 days. I don't even remember the math anymore. But we finally did it. It's one of the best weeks of baseball of my life as a Chicago White Sox fan. I was hammered on my 21st and they won. And then the next morning, they clinched the playoffs. Or afternoon, I should say. So good for the White Sox. Although they're kind of floundering right now. So I kind of want them to yeah, like, that, get that, that one seed back. That walk-off was, that was crazy. So I'll tell you, they're playing tonight. And it was Giolito versus Shane Bieber. And I tell you, if game one, if we have to face Shane Bieber and they steal that game from us, and all of a sudden it becomes an elimination game, game two in that first round, Yeesh. I'm a little concerned. So the one seed would be nice so we could avoid the Indians. But... You have a rant you want to get into about the other team yeah, on the other side of town. I mean, it's not really a rant, but it's just like an interesting point. The Cubs also made the playoffs last night because the Phillies dropped a doubleheader. They lost both games, and we got walked off by the Pittsburgh Pirates last night. I'll tell you what, just a weird thing about this Cubs team, pitching's phenomenal. So we're starting pitching. You Darvish, Cy Young, Hendricks very good. Alec Mills threw a freaking no-hitter. He's all right. And then John Lester, you know what? He's an old veteran. Don't know how much he's got left in the tank, but he's given us, like, serviceable games. Like, he's very impressive. And then the the bullpen, like, it's gotten it pulled together. I mean, Jeremy Jeffrey's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, I haven't really heard anything about yeah, it. Yeah, the, the bullpen had a really good month. They had a really good month. But I tell you, the Cubs are the best team that stinks. They stink. The batting order, minus Ian Happ, Jason Hayward, Rizzo every once in a while, and freaking Cameron Mayburn. Out, everyone else, they stink. Like, it's the most perplexing thing ever. They won, I mean, what? They got won 32, yeah. 31 games. They're on two of the Pirates. They couldn't buy a runner if they just won the lottery. It's insane. Like, they can't hit. Javier Bias has at-bats that are just non, non-competitive non at-bats. Three strikes, fucking swinging in the dirt. You got Chris Bryant, who's playing every other game in a 60-game season. No, he's playing... He's playing every three games in a 16 game oh, you're season. You're telling me is that my fantasy team? Big yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, like he keeps getting hurt. I, I gave, I gave him like oh, last year down here. Oh, he was hurt this year down here. Oh, he was hurt. How long is he going to be hurt in his contract year? Wilson Contreras is batting pretty well. Kyle Schwarber's batting on, uh, batting under 200. They stink. It's crazy. They are in the playoffs, and they're probably going to win the division. And they stink. Now I don't know what's going to happen in the playoffs, but if they keep playing like they're playing, like stinkiness, then they're going to lose. One nothing every game. It's insane. Yeah, it's weird. And this happened last year, too, where the last month of the season, they just stopped hitting. And yeah, it's carried over like, into this. what's going on. And when you have a former MVP in Chris Bryant, and you have Anthony Rizzo, like, you, the guys you're listing off, it's like, uh, outside of Jason Hayward, Cameron yeah. Mabin, and Ian Happ, who was in the minors last year yeah. for a short period of time. And these are the three you're relying on going into the postseason. Yeah, you guys are in trouble. That's okay. I, 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 I don't know. I mean, Wilson Contreras is hitting pretty well. Wilson Contreras was stinking it up. And then he was the, he's the only guy in the core four. Well, I I, I, I say Rizzo. He's batting like 230-ish. But he's hitting home runs when he's... I mean, he hit a two-run tie, tie run home run. He hit, he hit one earlier today. So, like, I give him a pass because he's, 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 you know, he's, he's great for this team. But, like, I mean, you bring in Cameron Maven. He's hit two doubles today, and then they can't score him. Yeah. It's like, I, I I don't know what I'm watching. And Wilson Contreras, like I was saying earlier, Wilson Contreras, he's the only guy that, like, bounced back out of a slump. Like, is, 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 is Javi Baez going to hit 200 until the season's over? I get 60 games, 
And sometimes you have a 60-game slump in a 182-game season, and you pull your way out of it and have some good stats. But, like, my goodness, guys. And, you know, I mean, we got we got David Ross. Yeah. First-year head coach, makes the playoffs. We got all our role players, even, like, like David Bodie. He's playing, like, a, like, you don't expect a ton from David Bodie, but he's hitting your expectations. Jason Kipnis is getting it that bad every once in a while. But the superstars on the team, are, are they stink. It's now, crazy. Let me ask you this. Do you think the because I know near the end of Joe Madden's tenure, the big thing they weren't hitting, they didn't look motivated. Is it safe to say maybe it wasn't Joe's fault after all? Or do you think it's just these guys no, are hitting? I can't pin this. I hard. think. I think. I, no, it's not a David Ross. They have some. They have a lot of great energy in the clubhouse, and even when they're losing, like you can look at the bench and be like. Yeah, like this team, like they're focused. So was the Joe Madison Madden criticism fair or unfair? I think it was, he was like the scapegoat, but he warranted like 65, 70% of the criticism. We had a lot, I've already talked about the Cubs, we had a lot of injuries last year to the bullpen, and that's where we kind of like were fumbling it. But I mean, you look at Chris Bryant, he's been one of the worst hitters against uh, righties. Yeah, righties. He's been one of the worst hitters against righties in the whole league. Yeah. With like guys who qualify with the at bats, like it, like it's not, it's not good at all. Javier Baez looks like like everyone, like he has a couple good game here and there. I mean, I mean, this thing too. Javier Baez just walked up bottom of the tenth like last week, hit a walk off. Yeah, but then other times you like he, he's guessing out there. He's genuinely guessing out there. Kyle Schwarber, you know, David Ross pulled the man after a lazy play in the outfield. Next day, it's two doubles as like three RBIs and a run scored. You know, where it's like, can we get some consistency out of the hitting? And it's too bad, too, because like I said, the pitching's been pretty good. The bullpen's rounded up. And yet, the guys, I mean, like, it's no skin off. I, honestly, I'm at a point, I love Chris Bryant. If he leaves, I'm like, the last two years of your deal, you gave us Jack. Yeah. So, have fun at, in Atlanta. You know what I mean? Oh, that's fair. On the bright side, you do, there are some people in Chicago that are up for some awards quite possibly. You Darvish, you're talking about the pitching staff. Yeah. He's in the thick of things for Cy Young. And then Jose Abreu for the White Sox. Let me close this window here. It's kind of loud. Jose Abreu for the White Sox as I close the window. Great radio here. <laughs> Real professionals. All right, there we go. That's a little bit better. All right, knocking things over. What was it? Jose Abreu for the White Sox is in the MVP conversation. And this guy, I'm telling you, I've been watching him on a daily basis and he's been doing this his whole career. Now he finally has some protection. He, he should... Hands down, win this award. The game they would clinch the playoffs. He hits the tying home run, and then he hits a game-winning RBI infield single that he legs out to get go hit the go-ahead RBI, and they end up winning that game. The majority of his RBIs, which by the way he's leading the league in RBIs once again, uh, have come after the seventh inning. So he's been doing it. He's been coming up clutch. The game they're playing tonight, as we're recording this, he hit the game-tying sack fly. His defense at first has been superb. He could win a Gold Glove there too. The man has been fantastic all year. So I'm so happy for him. And he's one of those guys. I think I know we said in our pregame or uh, the pre-baseball uh, show. I'm like, hey, Jose Bray, he just comes to work every day and he hits dingers. He got that workmanlike attitude. He finally might get recognized. So I could not be happier for him that he's in the yeah. MVP conversation. And and same for for you, Darvish. I mean, the dude had a crappy year last year, or a crappy year two years ago in his first. I mean, he was getting kind of like the short end of the stick when it came to Cubs fans because they were like, we just signed you for how much money and you're stinking it up. But I mean, he's a great guy off the field. And like he's yeah he's he's awesome dude. I mean you you look at any Yuva Darvish videos of him talking, you can't not like the guy. And the fact that he's shoving it this year, it's pretty great. But uh, if only the guys, I mean, 
I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm being a dead horse, but like Chris I, Bryant, bro. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it would be horrible if you had a great year and then because that I was like the, we the, the same year, the proven year, mm-hmm. and you whatever. We kind of have a similar thing going with you on Mancada. He hasn't been hitting anything, although he has the COVID excuse and he's not on a contract here, so I can see where it'd be frustrating. Uh, moving on, something not as frustrating. Chicago Bulls finally did something right. The front office is turning things around. It looked like they were going to keep that boob Jim Boylan in as the head coach. They ended up firing him, and they hired Billy Donovan, who, yeah. in my opinion, is the second best coach in the NBA behind Brad Stevens at this point. I, I'm a big Brad Billy. Stevens? Do- Brad Stevens is the best coach in the NBA for the Boston Celtics. Pop used to be. He's lost it. Doc Rivers, we saw what he does as a head coach. He blows threes, one leads. I'm a big Billy Donovan fan. I think he always gets great production. I think Nick Nurse and potentially Eric Spolstra are better than. Well, well, here's the case for Billy Donovan. He's won everywhere he's been. Won national title in Florida, and then he gets to the NBA and he wins in the NBA too. He's won everywhere he goes. So that's why I'm a big fan. He's just a winner, and I think they're on the right track. I think he's top three in the NBA. Top three is fair. I take top three, but I think he. I mean, I think uh, players like want to fight for this guy, right? You know. And I think that was the issue with the Bulls last year. I mean, I mean, who knows? Maybe Zach Levine could look like an actual superstar if he gets his minutes. Who, who knows? Maybe Kobe White might play yeah. in games oh, and not get benched all the dang time. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that, that's good. And like you look, you look. I think mean, this is perfect because everyone's like, "Wow, OKC, phenomenal year." The players are like, "You know what? Big props to OKC." And they get the OKC uh, coach. I mean, that might attract. A player to Chicago. That's what for we're the first hoping, especially like if they can show some improvement and some development. And the player, you alluded to this too. The players did not like playing for Jim Boylan. He'd call the late game timeouts. He had no respect from his guys. Uh, Daniel Gafford, who was drafted in the second round, he was on a live stream on Twitch, and they asked him about Jim Boylan. And he goes, "Yeah, he's I. Right. He's got some things he could work on." That's yeah. what a rookie is saying about the head coach, who doesn't even get that many minutes. He doesn't respect him so. Will be a guy with some respect. I'm hoping they can establish a winning culture and then draw in some free agents later. If they can maybe sneak into the playoffs as like an eight seed or something next year, Zach Levine takes a jump, and all of a sudden free agents are like, "Hey, you know what? Chicago's a nice city. Maybe uh, head over there because it's a big market as well." Other breaking news this week: Michael Jordan, the greatest basketball player of all time, some say, uh, just bought a NASCAR team. Uh, you heard that right. For more info, we're bringing in our newest NASCAR correspondent and slash expert, Patrick Cushman. Thank you for joining us once again. Uh, so, yeah, you give us the uh, details on uh, the story here. Yes, of course, breaking news, but this has been a rumor for a while. Uh, Michael Jordan, believe it or not, is a decent NASCAR fan. He's uh, good friends with Danny Hamlin, who is co-ownering the team. He, of course, will still be running the eleven for Joe Gibbs Racing, but Jordan and Hamlin have had a relationship, and Hamlin has been outfitted by Jordan Brand um, for the last few years now. So this was kind of in the making there. It always been rumblings about it, um, and it's finally come to fruition. They're buying the charter from Jermaine Racing, which is um, unfortunately going out of business, and they signed their newest driver, who's been in the news all year, Bubba Wallace as well. So... Along with Michael Jordan, you have a big name with Bubba Wallace. So it's pretty exciting news for the sport of NASCAR. I would agree. Going off that, I was going to say, I think we probably, for the casual fan, do you think it's going to draw in more people that, like, you have that are not necessarily diehard NASCAR fans that have heard the names Bubba Wallace, obviously, you know, who Michael Jordan is. Do you think this could help grow the sport of NASCAR's uh, fan base so more casual fans uh, start paying attention? Um, yes, definitely. Uh, 
you know, this is a big name that's coming to a sport that doesn't really have a big name anymore. You know, Jeff Gordon's retired. Dale Earnhardt's retired. Jimmy Johnson is in his last year. So this is a sport that lacks kind of a face and that lacks kind of, you know, immediate presence. But now that you add someone like Michael Jordan, um, you know, that brings a lot more attention to that sport. And that will drive people to that sport. Um, so it's definitely a big step for NASCAR. Now, if you look at Michael Jordan's history in the front office, he was kind of a, he was kind of a disaster with the Wizards. And then he bought the Charlotte uh, Hornets. That's been a train wreck. You could argue he's been one of the worst owners in the NBA, even worse than uh, the, the Knicks guy and that clown show up there. Because uh, they haven't had a whole lot of success. Um, I mean, Charles Barkley's criticized him. Do you think that's going to carry over into NASCAR, or do you think this could be successful? How much, realistically, how much success do you think he's going to have owning this team? Um, you know, we obviously don't know. Um, I think they're going to, they haven't announced it yet, but it's assuming um, that Toyota Racing Development is going to put a lot of resources in this team just because Dan Benny Hamlin, him driving with JGR and TRD, they're going to get a lot of good. Um, Toyota equipment, and they're going to be um, almost what Furniture Row Racing was, which was basically a satellite team for JGR. So I think they are going to get good equipment in these cars, um, and with the new next-gen car coming out after next season, they're going to have almost a clean slate um, with every other team. So they're going to get good equipment, um, they're going to have a clean slate, um, but as far as Michael Jordan goes, I see him as more of just a face of this team. I really feel that this will be Denny Hamlin's and um, Toyota Racing Developments. For the most part, they're going to be calling the shots. I think Michael Jordan is just going to sit in there um, and bring in the crowd and enjoy the money. Um, I think the biggest concern, though, is the driver that they have, Bubba Wallace. Right now, he's mid-pack. You know, he's running below guys like Chris Buescher um, and near Ricky Stenhouse. So he has never had success. At this level, um, we'll see if he can, um, now that he has going to have a better ride, if he can be a little bit more successful. Yeah, that'll definitely be interesting to watch. Uh, obviously, I think Wallace, it's safe to say you think Wallace will have a better team surrounding him. Now he's going to have a lot more resources pumped into uh, his cars or whatnot. Yeah. I mean, it's no, uh, um, he's driving for Richard Petty Motorsports. It's well known that the 43 car isn't the best car out there so he is going to have a better opportunity but like i said he really hasn't done anything you know he hasn't excelled in that 43 car he's had a few top tens but he's never really ran for uh, wins he's never made the playoffs so it'll be interesting to see how he does personally i think he's a mid-tier driver i don't think he's going to be able to bring them a championship like they might want but we'll see finally before we let you go here uh, obviously, Michael Jordan said when after he bought the team that he was a big NASCAR fan growing up. Obviously, growing up in North Carolina, it's very big down south. Do you think, uh, as far as the uh, motivation for buying this team, it was just that, hey, I'm a fan, I have a ton of money, this sounds something fun, or do you think there's a bigger purpose behind uh, buying uh, this team? Like, what do you think his uh, end goal is here uh, with his new NASCAR team? Um, I really think it's just about expanding his business network. Um, like I said, um, he already outfits Denny Hamlin, so his gloves have Jordan on it. Um, his fire suit has Jordan brand. Um, maybe he wants to expand it there and just, you know, expand his name, expand his image, uh, 
Um, and getting into something that he's been into, you know, like you said, he has a lot of money. So I think it's a little bit of both. You know, it's something that he likes. You know, we'll throw a bit of money into it. Um, and then, you know, just expand his brand a little more. Well, I'm very excited to watch this. I think, you know, the the worlds of basketball and NASCAR are two completely different fan bases that you wouldn't see coming together here. But uh, I think this has the potential to be big. It'll be interesting to watch and see how this unfolds. Thank you so much for joining us, Patrick, as always. Uh, on to the NBA playoffs. Uh, Nuggets and Lakers has been a pretty good series so far. Uh, Anthony Davis hit a big uh, buzzer beater. And last night, the Nuggets won. A must-win game to make it 2-1. to one. Your impressions from this series? My impressions is maybe we gave the Clippers a little more. Well, the Clippers deserve the crap that they got, but hey, let's not take away anything from the Nuggets. Jamal Murray, Jamal Murray, Damian Lillard, and Stephen Curry are the only three guys, in my opinion, this is totally subjective, so you can disagree if you want, where, like, when they're on fire, like, they're, they can't miss. They can't do no wrong when they're on fire. I mean, you get the game time, you get third-quarter Steph, and then Jamal Murray. I mean, the shots that Jamal Murray is making is insane. I mean, the, the dagger oh, last, last night. Fourth quarter, yeah. My goodness, the dude can ball. Nikolai Jokic might have the worst shot for him I've ever seen in my life, and it's cash. Worse than Lonzo Ball. Well, that's fair. But he has that, like, one Yeah, period, yeah, I feel that. Like, oh, he fader, takes these weird jumpers. And like, then the rainbow. It's like Carlos Boozer, but they actually go in. It's insane. I, I agree. And for a big man, he's the best passer. Right? For, oh, yeah. for a big man, it's it's insane. And you got Jeremiah Grant on that team. You got uh, Millsap. I mean, they got a lot of players. Here's what I'm a little concerned about. And this is not LeBron slam. As you know, I'm a big LeBron. If he wins a title with the Lakers this year, he'll do something no one's ever done. He's going to win an NBA title with three different teams. But the fact that like the play was designed in the postgame for Anthony Davis, like, I mean, alluding to the Anthony Davis shot here, it was designed for LeBron. And he made no effort to get open. He was fine with Anthony Davis taking the shot. And that's why people make the argument, Jordan's the GOAT, because Jordan's taking the shot there. LeBron's the guy on that team. He should be taking the shot at the end of the game. Now, it went in, so I'm not going to blame him there. But, like, he's got to start taking over some game. And I keep saying this, he's got to start taking over more games in the fourth quarter. Now, you know, barrel to the basket, take to the free throw line. You gotta, he's got to be more of an alpha. Because they're letting the Clippers hang around, and we know it's going to, or not the Clippers, the Nuggets yeah. hang around, and we know what's going to happen if they keep letting the Nuggets hang around. Like, they should have put away the series last night. No, I will give him props yeah, for coming I mean, back. I, I don't think the, the Nuggets are not going to get swept, though. The Nuggets no, are going to get I, I agree. Because they're, they're a quality, deep team. And, like, they beat the Clippers for a reason, not just because, you know, uh, the Clippers were garbage in the fourth quarter. But, uh, oh, my goodness. That was brutal. Um, anyways, but, yeah, no, I mean, I understand what you're saying, but I think we do take for granted that it's year 17 LeBron. And That's like, you know what I mean? And then, like, Anthony Davis, was he had how many points that game? Like, 40-something. Yeah. Dude was on fire. And so, like, I'm okay with that. And, like, you saw LeBron, he stood there and got double-teamed. Yeah, that's because a- Because they, they were like, it's going to go LeBron. It's going to go LeBron. It's going to go LeBron. And, like, at the end of the day, like, I understand what you're saying. And I do get it. He kicks out a lot to these guys on the three-point line. And then you got, like, Alex Caruso hitting the three, which, like, I mean, if they hit the three, they hit the three, but I would rather have LeBron. Take the shot, yes. Yeah. So I understand what you're saying, but at the same time, it's like, if it goes in, it goes in. If it's a playoff design, it happens. Right. And I will say, I'm complaining, and he had a triple-double in the game they lost. I mean, he's second all-time in NBA, tri- or playoff triple-double. So, and he is putting up pretty good numbers there. Other series, Miami Heat, Boston Celtics. Apparently, the Celtics got into a spat after game two in the locker room. Stuff was getting thrown. There was yelling. They came out and won game three. 
Now, for me, Kemba Walker's been the key. When he plays well, the Celtics win. And when he does not, they lose. And they also have Jason or Gordon Hayward back. So uh, I'm kind of confident in my Celtics pick. I like the way things are going here. I think they needed to win that game three. But that being said, uh, it's been a very tightly contested series. What are your observations? Yeah, I mean, I'm still riding the heat. I don't think the Celtics were going to get, like, swept or anything. I don't think the talent gap is, like, that big for there to be, like, a big lead for one of the other teams. But I just think, like, the heat, and and, and I, I think, I, I don't know who said this, but it was a great point where the Celtics are playing, like, iso ball, where it's like, because I talked about how many stars they got, or, like, quality players, Kemba, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, but they're all, like, playing as if, like, I'm going to do my signature move. It's my turn to score the points kind of deal. With the Heat all year, I've played team defense and team offense. And they're I think they're going to continue to do it. They're going to continue to do it better than the Celtics. I think they're going to they're gonna go to the finals. That'll be interesting. Well, I mean, I, I think the Nuggets-Lakers is the de facto finals. Whoever comes out of that is yeah. going to win. Yeah. And I think the Celtics, and it's very fair. I mean, he could very easily win. I think the Celtics, depth wise, though, would match up a little bit better. It would make a better series. Yeah. I mean, the, the, it kind of reminds me, obviously, the Lakers are way better than the Cavs everywhere, but that, like, game seven series. Yes. Uh, where the Celtics, they were, like, super young back then. Yeah. And LeBron kind of showed them who's boss. But, uh, the yeah, key I mean, for the, Celt- the key for the Celtics is that they got to keep up the defensive intensity. Uh, if like Jalen Brown had a really good defensive game, if they're trying on defense uh, and they sh- shut down Jimmy Butler because the offense runs through him. I mean, we can praise Tyler Hero and all them, but if Jimmy's not going, then the Heat aren't going. So they shut him down. Uh, then it's going to be a long series. But I think it's probably going to a seventh game anyway. I'm still yeah. picking Celtics in seven. I stand by that. All right, let's get to... Uh, you want to talk about what just happened on your phone or no? No, no, we don't need to talk about how the White Sox just lost their fourth game in a row and on the second night in a row on a walk-off home run. We don't need to talk about that. <laughs> uh, we are now the number one seed, gone. Best record in the American League, gone. And the division is gone within a week. Uh, we got a lot to play for this final week. We got to buck up, boys. I mean, Jose Abreu cannot be our only source of offense right now. The offense is starting to sputter, and I don't like it one bit. <laughs> Finally, I can't believe you brought that up, jerk. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I saw Nick Marcelli, yikes, two walk-offs in a row. That's some big J journalism. Right? <laughs> uh, All right, NFL. NFL week two recap. Um, let's just go game by game. Browns, Bengals. A uh, little Baker Joe goes a long Joe way. Hey, I like it. I do too. Joe Burrow, I mean, he shouldn't be throwing 60 times a game, yeah, which he did. Yeah, That's sure a problem, especially if you have Joe Mixon in the backfield. But uh, he had a good showing. I think on the Brown side, Ken Stabansky uh, is a very good play caller. And a little Baker goes a long way. I showed in this game. So props to the Browns. Um, they're still not winning the division. I still think they're a dumpster fire. You beat a rookie quarterback. Congratulations. They gave up 30 points. Bears, Giants. In the first quarter, I tell you, I was like, oh, we're going to the Super Bowl. And then we proceeded to score. Zero points in the second half. <laughs> and our defense was, they gave up a 95-yard drive to the Giants, a Giants team that was missing Saquon Barkley and has virtually no other weapons they on offense. Stink. This is two games in a row. It has come down to the last play. Against two garbage teams. Against two garbage teams. We are the worst 2-0 team in football. That being said, I would rather be the worst 2-0 team than the best 0-2 team. But, yeah, that's um, awesome, baby. Yeah, I don't think so. We'll get to you guys <laughs> later. The Bears are concerning to me. Uh, the offense is still showing signs from last year, but you're two and zero, so I don't know if you can bench Mitch yet. But they need to, they need to do something. Poor Giants, man. 
Yeah, that's a day. That's a that's a shame that happened to Saquon. He was just the first of many that caught the uh, injury bug this Jeez, week. Um, you, Rams Eagles. The Rams are good. I know the Eagles aren't very good, but the Rams two weeks in a row have beaten two decent teams. I mean, the Eagles did win the division last year. Yeah, that's I'm a big Rams fan. I think this is a good team. They, they got have, ugly jerseys though. They do. They do have ugly jerseys, but that's a deep receiving core. They got Cooper Cup. They got Van Jefferson, and then he got uh, Woods. And then you have Higby. Tyler Higby at yeah, tight Higby. end. They got some weapons. Who's their running back? They have Cam Akers and Mike Brown, I believe. Something Brown. It's another rookie. Yeah, some dude. Who cares? Uh, Eagles. Carson Wentz. I feel bad for him. I don't, I don't think he's that great. But I also don't think he's that bad where they, they're they just getting crapped on. Because, I mean, like like the Broncos, for instance, we drafted a rookie receiver. They're like, okay, we can add it to our, our weapon collection. The Eagles were like, we drafted a receiver. We now have one receiver. Congratulations, guys. But they're like, oh, line? Don't need it. Carson Wentz can get sacked nine times a game and uh, tear all the bones in his body. I mean, we might get an Andrew Luck situation. You know what? It's that bad. Yeah. He, gets, he gets destroyed. Uh, you know what I think? You know that reminds me? I think a good comp for Carson Wentz's career, and I think what he's going to end up as is Tony Romo. It's injured a lot. Both solid quarterbacks. Yeah, no, I can't get over the hump. I think he's a little bit more athletic version of Tony Romo. Uh, Falcons, Cowboys. Wow. Wow. Are the Falcons 0-2? I think they are. They are 0-2. What was the first game? The Seahawks. The Seahawks team, they outgained, and they still got their ass handed to them. And then this one, I mean... This was just a choke. The Falcons, I, I, I saw an article. It was, Falcons, please just be normal. Because man, the Falcons, I feel like they're either just like mediocrely bad, or they're they play well and just throw away games. They should be investigated for intentionally blowing this game. Like you look at, the, I'm not I'm not actually serious about that. But you look at that onside kick. It's like, are you kidding me? Are you are you joking? That was a great kick, Greg the Leg Man, Greg MVP of this one. That kick was like a putt at Augusta with like the break there. Because the way he spun that, and I get you're not trying to fumble, but you gotta at least box out if you're gonna wait for yeah, it. They, they just kind of like stood there. At it. Like, what do you, what do you, what do you think is gonna happen? And like, I mean, hey, Cowboys, they fought. I think that that Prescott's good, but I, I think over time, the fact that Mike McCarthy's their head coach is gonna cause some issues. No, well, I mean, you can't be fumbling three possessions in a row in the yeah, first quarter. I expect to win. The Cowboys got lucky, so I don't think they're a particularly great team either. I think they're just gonna be good enough to win that division. The Falcons, man. I tell you, uh, the hot hot seats, it's warming up for Dan Quinn. I mean, yeah, he already had yeah. the choke label. This was bad. That's a game you cannot lose. Uh, Panthers, Bucks. Yay for Leonard Fournette and covering the spread at the end. So they made my pick right. Listen to free money every Fridays. Um, Tom Brady, you know, played he played solid. Yeah. Uh, you know, solid. It was, I mean, against a really bad Panthers team. <laughs> In the second half, he had like... 40 yards and a pick. Yeah, he, he's got the case of the picks. I mean, that's three interceptions in two weeks. Yeah, I mean, he was 23, 23 for 35 for 200 some yards, a touchdown, and a pick, which is like a pretty good stat line, but I guess that garbage defense. Is oh, like, it's not good. Ugh. I will say this Leonard Fournette, like, people kind of like or didn't take that move very seriously. I mean, like, it didn't get enough, a whole lot of like publicity. That was a big pickup for him because he's been great. He was great in college. He was great in high school. He was great with the Jags, a team that had no other weapons. And I think that's a really good pickup for the Buccaneers. Now he had a week to uh, learn the offense and everything. So uh, I think we're going to be seeing a lot more Leonard Fournette because 
Right now, between and it's only two weeks, but between the Patriots and uh, the Bucks, Patriots are looking a little bit better right yeah, now. Yeah. Especially, we'll get to them in a second. 49ers, Jets. It's the Nick Mullins show. Eh, poor, poor 49ers. They that was brutal. And everyone went down. You name a player, he's probably hurt. Uh, Kittle, hey, I'm, hey, they're, they're, hurt. Yeah. Solomon, hurt. Jimmy G, hurt. They had, um, Did Moser survive that game? They, they had some D lineman who got hurt. Some yeah, Solomon. Solomon Thomas. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah Solomon Thomas. Uh, did Moser survive? I think so. Yeah, they, they had a lot of guys hurt. The Jets, wow, they stink. They're horrible. They're really bad. Sam Bortles not that bad. He's not that bad. Like, he, I'm not, I know. And we keep saying this, but, like, he has got no one around him. He's, they, they're all on, like, they, they literally, they don't have a position group where I'm, like, they're at least close to average. Does Adam Gase make it to week five? Before he gets canned, no. You think they're getting? He's getting fired. If they go zero five. five this way, and like the players don't respect him, and Jamal Adams already left, and he was like the first of many to be like, I don't like this guy. I don't want to play for him. It's like, what? And then what? Are we, what are we doing? I tell you that Lavian Bell holdout is looking pretty good right now. You had a Super Bowl contending team. You didn't want to play for him. You got less money, and now you're on the Jets. So running not, backs not holding great, out works. Not great, Bob. Uh, Broncos Steelers. Oh, oh Jeff Driscoll and the gang. The best to come back. team in the league. First, let me talk about the Steelers really quick. Then we can get to the Broncos. Yeah. I don't think the Steelers are that good. That was a game they should have put away. They no, beat a bad Giants that, yeah. team, and they beat a banged up Broncos team, and Jeff Driscoll was in the game, and they still couldn't put it. Like, that game should not have been close. No, it really shouldn't have. I am, I am not buying the Steelers. They are a fraud of a 2-0 and team. Ben Roethlisberger, when it gets under 70 degrees... Is gonna die. He might die. Now the quarterback battle we've all been waiting for: Jeff Driscoll versus Blake Bortles. Yeah, I will baby. let you have the floor for your Broncos. Well, I'll talk about the Broncos. The Broncos—they already to begin the year. No Von Miller. That's your guy. He's been on the team for I think a deck. I think he's been on the team for nine years. Super Bowl MVP, one of the best pass rushers to ever be in the game of football. He's going to Hall of Fame. Out for the year. Carlton Sutton. He was the bright spot of the offense last year. He's been consistently great. He tear, he hurts his rotator cuff out week one, come back week two, second possession, tears his ACL and his MCL. Drew Locke, that's the old, that's the key to the season. Just got to just make sure that Drew Locke is good, hurts his throwing shoulder on the second possession. He's out two to six weeks. They're not really sure. They didn't put him on the IR because he might be back in three games, but he also could be gone for two months. I mean, you got a D lineman that went down. Philip Lindsay's hurt. AJ Bouye is the number one corner. Great week one. He, he's all he dislocated his shoulder. I mean, it's insane. I'll tell you what, if Vic Fangio makes this team go to the playoffs, coach of the year. Coach of the year. Because we have so much talent. And the fact that we're in that game shows a lot of fight. But like you can't win with your backup quarterback and like all these guys are getting hurt. It's it's brutal. It, it, it's actually this is the most frustrating season for me as a Broncos fan. It's only two games in because like the signs are there. The Steelers aren't bad, and the Titans went to the AFC Championship game last year, and we were a one possession game away from beating both of them yep. with incredible amount of injuries. It's a comedy of errors. Everyone's going down. Well, yeah, I mean, I think part of the problem is your coach doesn't respect the CDC guidelines. <laughs> the NFL said you're supposed to wear a mask. That's like, that's like 250. And he was one of three hey. coaches that got fined. Like you said, 250 because he wasn't wearing his mask properly. He doesn't respect the uh, the game. And I think half of your players are getting hurt because he's making them do Oklahoma drills <laughs> every day in practice. 
Yeah, I mean, it's like I, I I'll tell you one thing though, Jerry Judy, KJ Hammer, they look like the real deal. So I agree. that makes me happy. And that that's the thing. And that's you know what? That this was the only if they went like eight and eight and missed the playoffs. I mean, I, I said they're like the twenty twenty White Sox. They're like the twenty nineteen White Sox. Yeah, I think they can you make know? another step. Because you guys didn't make the playoffs, but you're not gonna fire Rick Hahn because you know your guys are right. good. And oh, and the know, pieces are coming together. Yeah, and they're like, okay, we got some guys who we're gonna get rid of, but we got some guys who we need to develop and they're they're gonna be there next year, they're gonna be good. But like you can't do that if you're everyone's injured. You know what I mean? Like that's the only thing that shouldn't happen. Right. Injuries. If they don't, if they lose games, it's whatever. It's not your year to contend, anyways. There's no. Because you know what? Losing not going to affect attendance this year. That's, that's what we got. That going is for true. Us. <laughs> really quickly, do you think I, I was pounding the table before the year? The spread or the uh, win? Uh, the win number before the season was seven and a half games. Do you think they uh, go over or under the seven and a half wins this um, season? So the good thing for the Broncos is that the next four games. Two of them are against the Bucks and the Patriots, so we'll probably lose those. We got the Dolphins and the Jets. So if you put together the effort they put against the Steelers and you get some okay quarterback play with You could steal one court. of those. Yeah, too. you could you could you could I I I think they could beat the Jets. And I think they can beat the Dolphins and then hopefully Drew Locke will be back. They do have they have one of the toughest schedules in the NFL. Yeah. So that's not great. I mean we play the Chiefs twice, we play the Raiders twice, and we play the Chargers twice. That's All tough. competitive teams. Uh, so I think they can do it. I genuinely think they can do it. They have so much talent and like, hopefully, I mean, they're hopefully by the way it's looking, they will play eight games with a fully healthy roster minus Cortland Sutton and minus Von Miller, who you already knew was going to be out. So like that's eight back half. I mean, they finished seven and nine last year with three quarterbacks and they only got better. So as long as, I mean, who knows though, maybe Vic Vangio might have a heart attack next week and die because that's what the Broncos Health records are going for. Oof. We right, can yeah, move on. That we would can not move be on. Good. All right. Uh, let's go rapid fire here. Jaguars, Titans. Uh, Tannehill really impressed me. I think yeah. they've shown multiple ways to win. Week one, they tore up the Broncos with the run game, and they kind of did that with the playoffs. And now, Ryan Tannehill, they needed to air it out. He looked really good. Second thing that stood out, Gardner Minshew and the Jags. This team is showing a lot of fight. I, writ- I wrote them off before the start of the season. What was that? I wrote them off before <laughs> the start of the season. Uh, but Minshew has been, this, this team fights. He's keeping them in games, and they've been competitive. So props to the Jaguars. They've been a lot more So we should probably let them know they're trying to tank, though. Yes. Um, Minshew, he doesn't care. Yeah. He, yeah. He, uh, Packers-Lions. Packers really good. Packers, Packers. Yeah, that's basically all you need to know. Bills-Dolphins. Josh Allen, baby. Way to go, Josh. I mean, I told people to pick him up for fantasy. Listen to Free Money every Friday. And he yeah, tore I up. did, and I still lost my fantasy game. So. Well, he torched the Dolphins. <laughs> It might be uh, two at a time. We'll see. Fitzpatrick and company will be playing Thursday night against Gardner Minshew and the Jags. Wow. That should be a riveting matchup. I'll be watching the Lakers. Um, Vikings, Colts, who cares? Colts won. Vikings, Vikings, man. That's it wasn't Monday night, and Kirk Cousins had a 16 passer rating. So just wait till the primetime game start. Vikings might be in trouble. Yeah. I'm switching my pick. They're no longer winning that division. Packers. Packers are winning. Packers won in the division. Pays me to say it. Uh, Washington football team, Arizona Cardinals. Kyler Murray? They're winning the division. question mark? Yeah. He's yeah, right there. He's great. He's great. They're winning the division. Uh, Texans, uh, Ravens. Ravens might go 16-0. This team looks phenomenal. Dude, they... I don't know how they... I don't know how they got better from last year. Yeah, well, now they, they have a chip on their shoulder. 
J.K. Dobbins is a great addition to that offense. Oh, I agree. Now you have three running backs, Lamar Jackson, J.K. Dobbins, and Mark Ingram. Yeah. Oh, watch out. And the, the, the deep ball is progressing. Yeah. Uh, the Texans, boy, I tell you, Bill O'Brien, it doesn't look too good when you trade DeRon J. Hopkins, and he has a queer high in his first game with his new team. And the uh, Cardinals and are 2-0 and oh, and they're spot, going yeah. uh, Chiefs, Chargers. Well, one, props to the Chiefs because they just keep finding ways to win when you got Mahomes in the team. But Justin Herbert, and you mentioned this on Sunday, or I think it was you, they said, like, did, did he, his family even oh, yeah, yeah. starting? Do you, do you think the family, well, did you hear what happened to Tyrod Taylor? No, I heard it was a chest problem. No, in you the didn't hear what happened to him? No. So he was getting a pain injection. He was getting an injection for pain, like pain killer, yeah. and the doctor punctured his lung. Oh, my goodness. No, no joke. That came out, like, a couple hours ago. Where it, so that that's why because it was like right before the game and they're like all right you know painkiller I guess they still do that I don't know if you snorting Vicodin or something might be a little safer but they're getting him an injection and he punctured his lung and they're like crap he can't play with a punctured lung and then they just played Justin Herbert poor Tyrod Taylor everywhere he goes he gets signed with the Browns they draft Baker he's gone now he goes to the uh, Tyrod Chargers. Taylor's not a bad QB no he's not and he's always the guy that like is the bridge guy but Justin Herbert I must say against a tough Chiefs team. He came in there not knowing he was going to start until right before kickoff. So he was taking second team reps all week. Played a hell of a game. He made some rookie mistakes. Like he threw a bad interception late in the game when he could have easily ran for the first down. But overall, I was very impressed. This is going to be a really tough division in the next couple of years because Herbert looks like the real deal. Patriots, Seahawks. Cam looks phenomenal. Cam looks I great. like watching this team. Cam looks great. I can't believe I'm rooting for the Patriots. I know. It's strange. They're no longer the, like, the bad guys. It's like the, they used to be like the, the evil cool guys now. Yeah, Cam made them cool. He did. And Tommy's floundering down in Tampa Bay. Meanwhile, and, and it came down to the last play of the game. Something about these Seahawks-Patriots games, they always end up good. The yeah. first time, and it's the last play always in the red zone. Super Bowl, obviously, with Malcolm Butler interception. The next time they played... Gronk, there was a pass interference that wasn't called on the goal line. And in this one, they're down by five. Newton, fourth and goal with like a little bit of time left. They did a quarterback draw. And uh, yeah, he got stuffed. But what a heroic performance by Cam Newton. And then finally, the Saints. I will say Russell Wilson, top three QB. Oh, he was good too. I mean, we're just so used to him like putting up numbers. Yeah. Oh, he was like, I didn't even mention him. And he was great. How many Super Bowls is he on two? One. If, if, if he leaves the Seahawks and he only has one Super Bowl, that'll be a travesty. Yeah, it'll be kind of like Aaron Rodgers with the Packers. He wasted yeah. his prime because he couldn't get him help. Now, Jamal Adams was a good pickup. That defense concerns me because Jamal Adams has been their pe- best pass rusher. They gave up a lot of points, really. Yeah. I'm uh, not a fan of that defense. Finally, Saints-Raiders. Uh, the Raiders cost me $100. Oh, boo to you guys. Drew Brees might not have it anymore. He looks bad. He looks He cannot bad. throw it downfield. That was that reminded me of like Ben Roethlisberger when he gets hurt and he can only throw like screen passes and checkdowns. Yeah. But Drew Brees is like. It might Drew. be time to move on. Famous Jameis, baby. Honestly, well, I will say this for the Las Vegas Raiders. That might have been, that was a perfect intro to their home in Las Vegas. Yeah. Kind of playing the Rebel team. Picking up a big Monday night win. Darren Waller's a beast. Yeah, he, he had is. a really big game. I liked it. Any games that stand out in week three that... Uh, um, I know the should... Monday night game is, I believe, Chiefs-Ravens. Oh, that's going to be an AFC championship match. Yeah. That'll yeah. Be, who, are you ta- who, who are you taking real I quick? think the Ravens are going to win, to be honest with you. I do, too. Yeah. I, like, I think that defense as, is going to be It will be sad to the number one Chiefs fan, Gabrielle Campbell. 
Seahawks, Cowboys should also be good. Jamal Adams Revenge Game, baby. Uh, oh, wait, no, not Jamal Adams. And the game everyone's looking forward to, will it be Blake Bortles? Dude, or Blake will it be... Bortles versus Tom Brady? There's a grudge match for Blake Bortles. <laughs> I mean, he got knocked out by uh, Tom Brady in New England in the AFC Championship game. So he's coming in. Uh, he's, hey, you know, he's gonna have to get the lungs in shape after ripping darts and doing construction <laughs> for the past couple months. But hey, he's through. He had a season where he threw thirty-five touchdowns. That he did. That he did. Oh, uh, anything else looks good. Rams Bills should be a sneaky good game too. Yeah. Uh, Bears Falcons. That'll be interesting. That will that, be. That's that gonna be your first like, actual team to play. The matchups are good. Their defense stinks. Our offense stinks. Their offense is good. Our defense is good. <laughs> Special team is going to decide we're this one. Cairo Santos and coming out. We're screwed if it comes down to special teams. Yeah. So far, I will say one thing for NFL. I haven't even noticed that there haven't been fans, really. No, it's been one of those. And you mentioned this when you were watching the soccer. Like, yeah, like but pumping the load. They, they you just forget the about it. And you just forget there's no fans there. No, it doesn't bother me at all. Yeah. I like it better because I was watching a Sox game the other day on Fox. And, like, the Fox, when they do their national broadcast, they put these stupid fake yeah, fans in, yeah. like the Madden fans or whatever, or 2K. That looks horrible. Maybe I hate it. it. It's like some shots, they have the fans, and then there'll be a fly ball to the outfield, and all of a sudden there's fans in the bleachers. It's like, what the hell? Yeah. Don't but, like but it. But I, I do, I, it, it is noticeable there's, like, you know, like 7,000 fans in some NFL stadiums, which is fun. But, yeah, who knows? Who knows? Maybe, maybe we'll have fans come Super Bowl. Maybe. Yeah, I would hope so. So we can watch Blake Bortles and the Broncos in the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, we'll be playing the Red. <laughs> Who's your lock of the week? If you had to pick one team, one team to win. Well, I mean, I have my betting picks out this Friday, but if I had to go a lock of the week, just straight up, that's gonna win. I'm probably gonna take. I'm taking the Colts over the Jets. That's a safe pick. Cardinals over the Lions. Really? Okay, I like that. Yeah. That should be good. Now, the Colts-Jets game, if it was a spread, this is a tough number. It's 10 and a half. I'll save it for your betting podcast. All right. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Like, like Mitchell said, listen on Friday afternoons for uh, fantasy football advice. Am I correct? Yes. And you can be like me, follow his advice, and lose your game. Um, but, yeah. We're winning free money. I apologize to the fire that's tech, smoke detector in the background. Yeah, uh, the the alumni board for Sigma Phi Epsilon should really pay the bill. So I hope you guys are listening because this is what we're <laughs> dealing with on a daily basis. Uh, have a wonderful rest of your week, guys. Thank you so much for listening. See you later.